All right, welcome back to another episode number two here, and the crypto market is in shambles. We have a lot to talk about, so let's dive right into it. Okay, so whether you're in stocks, crypto, or NFTs, you are bleeding out this week. It doesn't matter. Even if your assets are diversified, nobody is safe right now. So let's talk about what caused the market to crash and how we can manage it. Yeah, for sure. So in my opinion, again, just a regular guy here, do not take this as financial advice. There's been a lot of stuff that's been happening over the last few years, right? Two years to be exact, that's led us to this exact point right first off if we take a wider approach and a wider view on the current state of the market if you take a look over the last probably seven to ten years what's been happening we've been going up right so a lot of increases a lot of obviously uh profits being made right and a huge bull run over the last seven to ten years ironically enough over the last two years we had a small mini crash why did that happen it's no secret COVID hit us, right? When that hit us, the solution that the government came up with at the time was what? To print a lot of money. And to be exact, a lot of money was 80% more money printed than what we had printed the previous 40 years. So obviously, right, that's going to lead to what? Inflation, drop of the U.S. value, right? The dollar and any other uh, currency that was printed during that time. So I think now we're just starting to deal with those after effects and it's really starting to hit people hard. The only thing that's different now is obviously, at least from the previous recession, is the new asset classes that we have, right? Cryptocurrency was not around 10 years ago. So I've been hearing a lot of people compare it to the previous recession class, obviously, of 2009, 2008. But I'm curious to see how this goes. Obviously, I've never lived through that or I did live through that, but I was too young to really understand what's going on and how it happened. But from what I remember and what I know now, right, is the previous recession happened because there wasn't enough money circulating, but people were getting access to money that pretty much wasn't available, right? Like when we look at the previous real estate crash, um, it's because what banks were just giving a lot of unqualified people loans and mortgages, right? And that led to obviously unqualified people to having to default on payments, right? So it was a lack of supply. And this situation, it's actually too much supply, right? Because there's so much money being printed in the market, it's leading to everything else deflating in a sense, right, in terms of value. So I'm pretty curious to see what happens, especially with Bitcoin. <laughs> at the time of recording, we're looking at a $20,000 Bitcoin. So it's about 80% down from all-time high, I believe. And yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's. Let's get more specific. I mean, inflation, we measure that in many ways, but the main way we measure is the consumer price index, so the CPI. CPI last Friday came out at 8.6%. And it might not sound like a lot if you're new to this space, but to put into perspective, 8.6% is a 40-year all-time high on inflation. So that means your money has lost value faster than it ever has in your lifetime. Um, and I think what's important, what we're doing today is we want to help you guys hedge against that inflation. So you need to look at where you can put your money so that the value doesn't like lower as fast as it is right now. Um, obviously, the stocks are down. Crypto is down. But if you take the long view, like if you look at Apple, Apple stocks are down right now. Right. 
But I have no doubt in 10 years, Apple stocks are going to be back up because I believe in the company. I understand its value and its social value and its utility, right? And I think that for me, at least, that's the same for Bitcoin specifically. I think Bitcoin is not going anywhere. We know it's volatile. We know it's going to have insane margins of loss and profit. We're just in that downward cycle. But if you take the long view, I think Bitcoin is a safe haven for your money. And it's going to be here in the long term, just like how Apple is, just like how Facebook is and other companies like that. Yeah, I agree. And I think the biggest thing to take is think about it this way, right? If you're a firm believer of the technology of Bitcoin and crypto in general, then you know it's a smarter and safer decision to be buying when everybody's selling, right? Which is right now. And it's a lot more riskier for you to be buying when what? Everybody else is FOMOing in because your chances of making money in a bull run are a lot less than making it in a bear market and positioning yourself for success over the next five to 10 years. Like learn from my mistakes. When I got into crypto and NFTs was at the boom. So like in November 2021, I heard it was doing really well and that's what caught my attention. And that's probably true for a lot of people that are getting in around this time within the last few months. You got in because you saw the success. It grabbed your attention and you bought in at the absolute worst time. Unfortunately, that's what I did. You bought in at all time highs because you thought it was just going to skyrocket more. That's what I thought. So I got in when Bitcoin was at 60K. I'm bleeding out right now for sure, but it's an important lesson to learn. Um, right now is the best time to buy. Right now you're going to be buying where you have a higher chance of a return on investment. Yeah, Bitcoin is probably going to go lower. It's not going to go that much lower though. There's a lot higher chance of it increasing in value over time. So you stand to gain a lot more if you buy in now. And that's something that I didn't understand. And I didn't know enough about when I got in. Um, and that's what you want to keep in mind right now. Media is going to tell you crypto's dead or like, don't invest in crypto. It's too risky. You've lost this percentage this week. They don't want you to get into crypto because they don't see the long-term value of it. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of different mixed opinions. And I'm still a firm believer that Bitcoin could go to zero uh, or it can go to a million dollars, right? It's really the... It's really dependent on, obviously, the technology and the people who are Bitcoin or crypto maxis on what they decide to develop with that technology, right? And it's going to come down to regulation. We all know the stories. We've heard the stories and we've seen a lot of situations where people have lost a lot of money. The most recent one, Celsius, a billion-dollar company or a company who had billion dollars worth of assets now holding hundreds of millions of dollars worth of assets away from people. So let's dive right into that. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, here's the thing. I don't see Bitcoin ever going to zero. I think it's going to hit insane lows, probably lower than what we're expecting. But I believe in the technology of Bitcoin. I believe that it's revolutionary in terms of distribution and decentralization, unlike any other crypto. Uh, Bitcoin is the only one that's truly decentralized, which is why I back it so much. Now, looking at Celsius, 
I don't, I didn't believe in the the company. I didn't believe in what they were doing. That's why like, there are so many red flags before Celsius tanked. I mean, they're a lender, right? So they take your money and invest it elsewhere. What does that mean? That means they don't actually have your funds available when you want them. And that's just a recipe for disaster, especially when there's no regulation. Banks do this, but it's a little bit safer in a bank because of the regulation. Celsius does not have that security. Yeah. And here's what you need to know about interest rates in crypto, right? When you hear about crazy interest rates in crypto, these crypto platforms serve as banks, but with less experienced investors that we refer to as DGENs, right? So here's what happened in Celsius in 10 seconds. Essentially, Celsius is a bank or they position themselves as a bank who can hold your money and allow you to pull your money at any time. But what they did is as soon as you deposited your money, they went ahead and invested it into different protocols, farms, and yield staking cryptocurrency um, companies that pays out a specific amount of interest, usually high. For example, Anchor Protocol, we all know the story of how it went to zero, paying obviously 20% APY. So what Celsius did was they went ahead and they deposited, let's say, $100 million into one of these protocols. These protocols were supposed to pay them anywhere between, let's say, 10 to 12%. And they went ahead and under comfort, let's say, they said that, okay, if we get paid 12%, we're okay paying our customers 6%. But what had happened was obviously the other side of the story, which is, okay, but what happens when that person stops paying you interest? then where's your revenue going to come from, right? Because if you look at Celsius as a platform, well, they're not charging for any services, right? So they're pretty much holding your money as hostage, depositing it into other places, and then trying to make money with your money, which in theory works, but who's the person investing? Looks like it was a degen and they did not make it the right way. Um, there's also a great great thread that i came across uh by john Wu on twitter so if you guys go ahead and see that thread i think it was about 30 tweets here i'm looking at it to be exact it raised 864 million dollars of venture capital they custodied over three billion dollars of funds for over a million people and now those million people all have zero access to their funds i'm wondering like Okay, can you give us your expertise? Why did people invest in Celsius and put their money there in the first place? Well, I was a Celsius user at a point anyways where they were giving up to 8% APY on your ETH, like specifically or stable coins. So oh, wow. for me, that's a no brainer. Okay. okay, if I have ETH, I just have it sitting there and it makes me 8%. But a, a big red flag that occurred to me for Celsius this was like about four to five weeks ago, is they rolled out this new thing where you had to whitelist your wallet and wait 24 hours to withdraw your money, right? Ironically, at the same time, somebody on Reddit actually released a thread saying, yo, Celsius CEO and his wife are dumping Celsius coins and they're gonna withhold all people's money. So I'm like, okay, if I have to wait 24 hours and I have to whitelist a new wallet every time I wanna withdraw, then why would I even keep my money here, right? Because if I need access to it now, yeah, I don't have crazy. access to it. So that was a big red flag for me, obviously. And this is not the first time we see something like this. And that's why I really think like it's time like times like this where it's really important 
for the government to step in, create some type of regulations for cryptocurrency in order to allow us to boom for the next halving or the next bull run that we all anticipate Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is going to go through. Right. Yeah. I mean, going off of that, like you, I have heard as like a person new to this space, I've heard a lot of red flags about using Coinbase and using Binance as exchanges to hold your crypto. Um, I'm wondering, like, what what's your strategy? Where do you hold most of your crypto? What do you recommend to protect your assets? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me personally, the places I hold my crypto is either my MetaMask wallet, obviously, that's connected to my ledger, and it's mostly ETH or stable. Uh, unfortunately, I did hold a lot of ETH, so... All we do now is hold it all the way back up, but that's usually the safest way. I was also using Nexo Wallet, which is another competitor to Celsius, works in a similar way, um, but they're a lot more transparent. They've been vetted for a lot longer and they've been around for a lot longer, so I feel a little bit more comfortable having my money there. Okay, and you don't have like a cold storage? Uh, the cold storage would be my ledger. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I need to invest in a cold storage, I think. Um, Cause I don't want something like that to happen with Coinbase where, you know, like, you know, they always say like, not your, what is it? Not your, not your keys, not your crypto or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to tell you something. Actually, I found, hold on. Let me pull this up real quick. I came across this company called Arculus. Okay. Arculus is one of the newest cold storage companies and probably one of my favorite ones that I've seen so far that's really innovating in this space. So instead of your boring USB looking a ledger, right, they were able to come up with a card that looks just like your ID or just like your Visa card with their own app that allows you to track and have with you at all times while still having the capabilities of a cold wallet. So Arculus, if you guys see this video, I absolutely love your product and I'll be replacing it with this. And it's definitely a company to keep an eye on because I could definitely see it going a long way uh, in terms of development and what they have already in store. Yeah, that's genius. I really like that. I might get one actually as my first cold storage. There you go. I just got you guys another customer. <laughs> Obviously, this works. All right. So, so let's talk about... The reality of the market is we're in a bear market, okay? We've had tech, like technically we are in a bear market. We've had two quarters in the red. So there's no question about it. How do we generate wealth in this time? I think this is the perfect opportunity to generate wealth. And a lot of people miss out on that and don't understand that. So can, let's break that down, especially in the world of crypto, how that works right now and how to be smart with your money. Yeah, absolutely. So here's what our strategy is going to look like. Before that, I also want to talk about another story we came across as by UVTHO. <laughs> His name is Uncle on Twitter, Ape Certified. So this is probably the story of a lot of people in the crypto space, right? Crypto is a very volatile asset. Okay. Uncle here, he went ahead and he turned in, let's say, 10000 into $1.1 million dollars in a span of four years, right? Obviously it takes a long, a lot longer to build something and a lot shorter to destroy it, okay? Some of the lessons that he went over in his thread, right, from a previous millionaire is I got too greedy, right? And I think that's a common theme in the crypto space is because the money comes so fast, it's very easy to get greedy. And I've fallen into that same trap myself 
and have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars doing that. Right. So I think the number one thing when it comes to, I guess, investing, especially in this market is, first of all, you don't have to become greedy. Right. That's one. The second thing is leverage. Okay. So leverage is a very dangerous thing to play with, especially because in cryptocurrency, there are exchanges that give you 50x your money. Right. So a lot of people may get greedy and then want to use leverage slash debt to try to make a lot of money quick in markets like this thinking, hey, we're already down 80%, so what are the odds it goes down more? Well, with leverage, if you put $100 times 50, they will give you $5,000 to play with, right? So let's say Bitcoin goes up 3%. Well, times 50, you're making 150% up. But if it goes down 3% in a day, you're losing 150%, therefore getting liquidated. Okay, so two things to not make this bear market even <laughs> redder for you is to not get greedy and not use leverage so you don't lose money uh, that could easily been turned into profit in the long run if you just invest money that you're willing to lose at a steady pace and waiting your time for it to grow, right? Like ideally... The richest people in the world, right? The richest people in the world look for anywhere between 3 to 7% gains on their money. So if you're making 5% on your money without having to do anything in real estate or any type of passive income, you're technically making a very healthy return, right? So why change that mindset and try to get a lot more, a lot quicker with a lot less money that you can't even afford losing in the first place? Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good point. And it's touching on a strategy that I'm utilizing now. It's called dollar cost average uh, or DCA. Um, it's basically how you can take the emotions out of investing, which is what you need to do. Like I said, I got into crypto when it was at an all time high. There's a graph that shows how the emotions respond to the uh outcomes of crypto. So when it's at a high, people are greedy and people who are new want to buy in, people who are already in want to buy more. And as it goes down, like it is right now, people lose confidence, they're scared, they're uncertain, and they start selling off. So you're buying high and selling low, which is absolutely the worst thing you could possibly do um, for your investments. The best thing you could do is dollar cost average, which is you just set an amount, whatever you can afford, $10, $100, $1,000 a week, and you just buy in consistently at that rate every single week. This way you flatten out that graph. So you're, you're probably going to be getting a 5% return on investment with this strategy rather than going for the 20x, 10x, and then losing it all. Um, so I think this is a strategy that you should definitely use, especially right now, because market's probably going to go lower. You don't want to buy in all in now thinking it won't go lower because it might and it probably will. So obviously we've seen crypto lose its value. And of course, that's going to affect NFTs. So NFTs are directly correlated to crypto. Their price range is based on the value of crypto. Um, and we're seeing a huge dump in the NFT market right now. People don't have faith in them. And that's that's fair. It's the riskiest asset class. 
crypto is risky, NFTs are riskier. So people are doing a huge dump there. Um, what we're seeing is the hype train dying down. So in a bull in a bull run, you see hype at all time high. You could literally throw an arrow and that project would have probably made you some money. Right now, it's the opposite, um, where probably nine times out of 10, you're not going to be making money unless you're very calculated in the types of NFTs you're trying to flip. Um, and I mean, the NFT market we know is pretty saturated. Um, most of them are not going to make it out. And I think this this bear market is going to test what NFTs are actually built to last and what's going to die out and go to zero. Um, so let's talk about NFTs, how to judge them, what's high risk and how to strategize in making money. Yeah, absolutely. So few things obviously there, right? NFTs are probably suffering a lot worse than crypto in my eyes at least specific projects are and a lot of people are going to lose even more money uh with nfts just because <laughs> during a recession the last thing people are going to buy is pictures all right uh not to say that these pictures don't have value but it's just very early and very new uh to a lot of people's brains like sometimes for me just spending money on nfts doesn't even make sense when i buy a picture worth three to four thousand dollars even like i've spent forty thousand dollars on pictures that just make no sense in my head when I click that button. But yeah, so I guess here's my strategy going into the NFT market and what I'm looking at, right? The number one thing is I'm looking at the actual project in terms of a few different stats. So I'm looking at the all-time volume, right? How much secondary volume has this project generated? How much secondary interest has it generated for people? The next thing I'm looking at is the team, right? Who are the people behind this project and how risky is it to bet on those people? And the third one is going to be obviously the archaeology slash utility of this project. So am I buying into it for the culture or am I buying into it for the utility? If so, what is that utility going to go? Because looking at NFTs the same way you look at cryptocurrency or any stock is a little bit different. Sure, these pictures had an all-time high before. But it's not guaranteed because that hype and that rush that happened at that specific time period may never come back again. Top NFT projects of all time with the highest trading volume. Number one is CryptoPunks. They are the pioneers of the space. I think they're the number one investment. If you have that kind of capital, right now is a great time to get your hands on a CryptoPunk because I see them leading this space for years to come. Number two is Board Ape Yacht Club. We all know them. Some of pe some people hate them. Some people love them. But they have a huge presence in the market, and they've held it for a long time. Same thing with the Mutant Apes. Um, number four coming in with Other Deed for Other Side, and number five is Art Blocks. So these are projects that are doing high volumes over a long period of time. What that tells you is they're probably the safest investments long term. Um, and they're probably going to ride out the spare market. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those projects, it's hard for me to see them go anywhere, but I can definitely see them going a long way down or up. So it, I'm really curious to see how NFTs are going to survive and what NFTs are going to survive. Like, for example, the reason why a lot of people are bullish on CryptoPunks is Gary Vee. Gary Vee's always talked about CryptoPunks. He's pretty much one of the main people who's recruited and influenced right what CryptoPunks is today and then to top that off he recently bought like eight more during this dip 
right? So that in its side, that in itself is obviously a very bullish sign on a project like that because yes, they're like the Mona Lisa of the space, right? I think what you're touching on right now is really important in terms of just understanding successful NFTs. And that is that most of them rely on community. The ones that are going to last are where people, their buyers, their owners, people who are watching them are still involved, still invested, even through the bear market. So CryptoPunks is going to do great because there's a strong community there. Same thing with Board Ape Yacht Club. People are proud to be holders of it, even if it's tanking, even if it's painful to watch the value drop now, people are committed to it. So that's what you need to see. That's why Twitter is so important. That's why Discord is so important to be involved in, just to gauge the community involvement. Like Gary Vee is successful because he's developed a community and that's how NFTs work right now. Yeah, and if you think about it this way, right, like we talk about this all the time, and I think we touched on it in the last video, but it's the social status, right? There are specific NFTs that give you a social status that you cannot get anywhere else. And those NFTs are these blue chips of the industry, CryptoPunks, the Bored Apes, right? And a few others, but those really top all other NFT projects. And it's very hard to say that these are going to go anywhere just because we know how emotionally attached we are to social status right and we know that that's not going to go anywhere ever it's like saying i own a company there's not a lot of people that can say that right it's like saying i have a million followers on instagram there's also not a lot of people that can say that so having those specific type of nfts is giving people that same feeling in a different way right so for me obviously it's a no-brainer team yuga labs right here Board apes, um, I think, honestly, if it keeps going even down more, which very hard, well, team board apes, I personally would go ahead and probably scoop another one up here if we see Ethereum keep dropping more uh, towards like that 1,000 to 800 range, which I think it is. I'll definitely be ready to scoop me up some more. Um, cool. So we talked about the market cap, right? So if you're looking to get into the NFT space, and you're looking to find some discounted NFTs, the first thing you want to look at is that volume, right? The market cap and how long has that project been around? And then how much volume has it created on the secondary market? The next thing is going to be the risk tolerance, right? So how much are you willing to risk? For example, if you're going to go in and buy a $10,000 JPEG, are you willing to lose it, right? Especially in a time where it's hard or it's going to be hard for people to make $10,000, especially with all these jobs being laid off and the recession that we're currently living through. So, Parisa, for you, for example, right? Somebody who does not own a lot of NFTs, what is, I guess, some of the rules that you set for yourself to come into the market during times like this? Yeah, well, I think also the meta for NFTs is making it a little bit easier to come in because it's free mints right now. So what I'm doing is there's this great tool. It's called whatsminting.live. It helps me keep track of what's minting and it goes down by the minute. So that's how I kind of keep track of like free mints. If it's not a free mint, I'm honestly not buying into it. Instead, I'm investing in cryptos. I believe in cryptos a bit more and I think it's a safer bet than NFTs. But when there's a free mint, what I'm looking for is it's memeability. That's the meta right now. So things that can be memes and 
literal like excuse me but literal shit like every nft project that's been coming out for the last week is poop related and i think that's just a reflection of again our market our circumstances it's like a coping mechanism and those are doing well because like it's engaging people like you said nfts are a social thing so you have to look at socially where are people at right now Right now it's degen plays, people are depressed about the market. So NFTs that kind of play on that theme are the ones that are gonna do well. Um, so right now I'm allocating probably 80% into crypto and the other 20% into my free mint. So gas fees and stuff like that. Okay, so here's another tool that I came across that we recently shared on our free newsletter, Dove Metrics, right? So Dove Metrics is a fundraising before anyone else platform slash website that's able to track and show us all the money from angel investors or vcs uh that are going into crypto slash web3 companies right so obviously me being the the curious joe i am here uh, i went ahead i dug a little bit deeper and i found a few cool companies that are worth keeping an eye on right and i think one thing to keep in mind here is like Bear markets are really good because this is when Bored Apes, this is when FTX, this is when the biggest crypto companies that you see now were actually building with a zero to no hype, right? So it's times like this where you want to start finding opportunities, communities, and products that you can go ahead and start getting interested in and watching them develop to what they want to become, right? One of those Okay, yeah. So I think what's important with investing is going into companies that you believe in and have a story that you resonate with. And maybe some, like Uber, you use Uber every day, why wouldn't you invest in it? You want to think about it like that your investment portfolio should mirror you as a person and your values and your beliefs and what you think will do well. So for me, wellness is really important. Healthy lifestyle, healthy habits is what I'm into. Um, and I came across this app. It's not out yet, but it's called Pacer. You can look them up. It's pacer.gg. And basically it's it's like a live to earn type of platform. So you want to have like consistent schedule with sleeping. So they call it sleep hygiene, um, exercising. Let's see what else they have. Um, I'm looking at this now forming. as you're talking about it. Yeah, it's really cool. Like it, it spoke to me because I think those ha like micro habits change your life. If you get up at a certain time every day, you set a routine for yourself, you'll notice the difference at compounds. And I think that's um, where the space is heading right now is to incorporate NFTs into your lifestyle. So play to earn this one. I don't know what you would even call this wellness to earn, I guess. Yeah, that's what they call it wellness to earn ecosystem super app. So, you know, you take care of yourself, you engage in healthy habits, and this app will pay you to do that, which I think is really cool. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be interesting. I think the the next time around, like where crypto gets <laughs> mainstream again, I think we're definitely bound to see a lot of these different categories in the gaming aspect come out. Because the way I look at a lot of these like games, it's not like a new invention right like play to earn like poker is a play to earn game but it's more like win to earn like you have to actually have a skill set and develop a skill set in order to get paid with it right so we all know like gaming is the 
biggest niche in crypto and most outdated niche, I guess, in terms of rewarding consumers for the time and energy invested into it. And this is a prime example of just new innovation coming into the space. So I'm pretty excited to see how this one looks, honestly, and comes out to and what this uh, and what type of results they bring to the market. Hopefully it's not another step in app. But yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. So another one, obviously, that I have here on our ideation sheet, I don't know if you checked it out yet. It's called D-Bank. Okay, so D-Bank is pretty much the new social app for NFT slash wallets. Okay, so I think right now they're still in kind of like their beta phase of launch. And what they did is they minted out like 10,000 NFT slash names of wallets in Wales who have X amount of Ethereum assets, so on and so forth in their wallet. And what you can do is instead of following the person on social media, you just simply click on their wallet and you track their wallet and your feed is pretty much based on what these wallets are doing in terms of activity every single day, right? So when I look at an opportunity like this, I'm like, hmm, this is really interesting because you can start seeing where smart money, I guess, or a lot of big money is going, and it can really help you find cool opportunities, projects, and companies that you would want to get into and at least keep an eye on. So I thought this was a pretty cool app. I can definitely see this taking off if they do uh, you know, good with their marketing, obviously, development during the next, I don't know, 8 to 12 months. So. Yeah, I think this opportunity, this is a really good money-making opportunity. Um, and I also believe that this is going to expand to much more than just finding new projects to get into. I think it's going to change a lot of like the social scene. So like, let me give you an example. Like when I'm dating a guy, I will look at their Spotify playlist just to see if like they're cool or not. Listen, see what they're listening to. Um, I'll look at their Instagram just to like see what kind of vibe they are, their personality, stuff like that. You can do that with D-Bank. When you look at someone's NFTs, you see what they own, what communities they're involved in, like what art they think is cool. That tells you something about that person. You can see if you're compatible with them, like if you think they're cool or not. Like I think there's a lot of value in this and this is just the beginning. Like I think this will totally change how we socialize. Well, you actually look at <laughs> guys' Spotify playlists. That's exactly. actually so funny. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Okay, what if what if a guy doesn't have a Spotify playlist? What do you do? <laughs> I actually never come across that because usually guys are like, oh, let me put you on. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I'll listen to the music. I'm like, oh, this guy's so whack. Like, so That's whack. so like, What are you funny. putting me on to? 2016 Drake? Like, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, okay, cool. Okay, another cool thing I came across this week was this thing called JPEG, okay? JPEG is allowing people to use NFTs as collateral in order to pretty much get money out of your NFTs without having to sell it, okay? I came across Wizard of Soho on Twitter, and he put a tweet out saying in 48 hours, he was able to put two of his NFTs into this website, get collateral, use the collateral to short ETH, make money and pay it back. So I'm just curious to see how big of a concept and how long can this go on for? For example, right? Let's say a new rule 
or a new bank comes out of nowhere and says, hey, you can now start putting your board apes or crypto punks for mortgages, for cars, for credit cards, right? Like imagine being able to do that and how much acceleration that would do to the actual space. So this is just another like really cool concept that I think is definitely the future or at least an added future into some of these big utility NFT projects, just because it shows you that like, yes, your picture does have value and there's somebody else besides you and that floor price that you see on OpenSea saying that this picture is worth X amount of money. Like imagine owning the Mona Lisa and going to the bank and say, hey, I want to get a mortgage loan against this, right? Or a hard money loan against my Mona Lisa. So I just think this is a fucking no brainer and I'm really, really curious to see how long this goes for. Well, okay. So excuse my like beginner mind, but how is that different from leveraging? Like you're still taking credit, right? Yes, you are. And it's not different. It's just using your asset as collateral to get liquid, right? Because there's illiquid assets and there's assets and there's debt, right? So leverage is debt at the end of the day. It's money you don't have. You're just borrowing money against your little money in order to make money. But for this, like staking an NFT as collateral to earn money is more so that you're illiquid, but you have something that's worth an amount that you're okay putting it as collateral to get a portion of that money out. So like if you were to go and put your board ape, obviously they're not going to give you 100% of what that ape is worth. They're going to give you, let's say 50%, right? To protect themselves. But that just gives you a specific amount of liquid to be able to borrow against, to go ahead and do what you want without losing on the opportunity of gaining uh, profits on your ape. And this is something we've already seen a lot in crypto, right? Like we talk about some of the biggest crypto apps that you're able to like BlockFi, one of the biggest crypto banks, right? They allow you to put your crypto, stake your crypto, I think, and they give you about 70% of your crypto in USD slash stablecoin. So you're able to hold your ETH or your Bitcoin without losing the opportunity of seeing it gain profits and still be able to get some type of cash to use it. And at the end of the day, that's what rich people do, right? Nobody sells their assets. They borrow against their assets. They use that money as uh, cash flow. And obviously they pay that debt back uh, responsibly. So, Yeah. And you see that a lot with real estate. So I'm wondering, like, is this going to change NFTs into some type of like real estate property ownership class? Is that what you think it's going to do? I think it's definitely a step towards that. And I think eventually or sooner rather than later, like that's going to be like the next boom in NFTs is once we can find a direct correlation into how can I get it involved into like real estate. Okay. Speaking of real estate, there's actually a property in Manhattan right now that's being sold as an NFT. I think it's kind of groundbreaking. Um, let me just tell you a little bit more about the story. So it's uh, 111. It's on West 24th Street. Um, and the price was 15,000 ETH. And this, this article is June 3rd. So I'm wondering if they've inflated the price to compensate for ETH going down. Um, we should check on that actually. Let's I see. just clicked you on think it. it's still listed. <laughs> okay, this is actually hilarious. So this is a real building in New York that's listed for sale. The listed price is 17 or it comes out to $17 million. 
<laughs> and they have three offers, the highest one being $300. <laughs> it seems like a good idea in theory, like yeah. buying an NFT to represent your ownership of a property. It seems like it's cutting out a lot of paperwork. It cuts out the middleman, no brokers, like it cuts out a lot of inefficiencies in the market, but I think it's still too new for it to really take off yet. Yeah, like what are the chances of this actually selling? Uh, I probably find it very hard to believe. All right, so I'm excited for next week, NFT NYC. Next week's episode's probably gonna be a little bit different because we'll be out in New York. The whole team's gonna be together. I'm very excited for that. I'm also excited because Goblin Town just doxed. So we know it's made by Truth Labs and they're gonna be out there in New York for NFT NYC. They said they're gonna have a food truck and an after party. So, you know, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we're gonna have some fun next week despite this bear market. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what happens with Goblin Towns. I did see their other project called Illuminati NFT pump like 5x i think in a day as soon as they announced that they own that nft project too which pretty smart move on their side i don't know if that project was dying out and needed revival where it's actually theirs but i think that was a pretty smart move but yeah i think today was a great episode uh it talked about some really important things uh we have a lot more cool topics going on in our free daily newsletter that we send out every single day we'll start to mingle in some more topics from there continue to bring you guys some more alpha, give you guys our opinion on the market and keep you guys updated. If you like this video, make sure you go ahead, hit that subscribe button, drop a like, drop a comment on things you want us to talk about and we'll see you next week.